Happy New Year, everyone. And we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We're coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And I do want to thank all the listeners, all the listeners out there. Do want to thank you so much for listening to our show. Well over 10,000 listens on our Anchor channel alone. Uh, obviously, that much or more that have watched us on Facebook Live. So we truly appreciate the thousands and thousands of people who have checked us out on the Lakers Fast Break in 2020 we are truly indebted to you for doing so and we cannot thank you enough but please help us out tell a friend if they want to listen to a good basketball show a great lakers show with a bunch of lakers fans also great insight not only on the nba draft coming up but also a look around the nba with some great analysts that come on to the show from time to time there is no better place to go than the lakers fast break and if you can also support us on thrive fantasy at thrivefantasy.com or you download the app if you're into daily sports fantasy player props and you're in a, you're in a state that you're eligible to do so, go ahead and check out Thrive Fantasy because with your first deposit of up to $50, they'll match it dollar for dollar as long as your first deposit is $20 or more. Just type in the code LFB and you're on your way to a happy new year. In fact, we are on our way to a happy new year because the Lakers, they came out on top kind of made us nervous, kind of laissez-faire through the game again like they did on the previous game in San Antonio. But you know what? Fourth quarter, they picked it up. Halfway through, some really good play by Dennis Schroeder. LeBron and AD were LeBron and AD. Finally, I think for the first time this season, I can truly tell you that they were LeBron and AD, although AD's defense is still kind of not quite there yet. But still, the Lakers did turn it up a notch halfway through the fourth quarter and prevailed 109 to 103 over the San Antonio Spurs in the second of a back-to-back. And here today to talk about everything that's going on with this happy new year for the Lakers. Hopefully, it's going to end up in the same way as another championship for the Lakers as 2020 did. Our three great guests indeed. They are the Lakerholics at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And first off, returning to us with five great things that are in the future that he's going to be writing about at Lakerholics.com is a good man indeed. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, happy new year and also a blessed one and a healthy one for you and your family as well. And to all, and to all, uh, happy new year for everybody. Let's uh, let's kick 2020's uh, rear end to the to the side of the road and move right the uh, f on, as they say. Watch it, man. Yeah. Watch it. If I had a big rig, I'd be like mar, mar, driving away. But I don't have exactly. Car, so. I mean, I don't know about you. Has this been the worst year 2020 for you? For me, I, I think it it was from for many different reasons. Uh, you know. Uh, obviously with what's going on in the world, it, it's, it got some really, it got really dark for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm glad we're finally getting our way a little by little out of that situation. It's probably, it's right up there. I mean, there've been yeah. some other years where like, you know, some really bad things happen and, you know, we don't need to get into that on the podcast, but 
It's it's definitely top three. It's definitely top three worst year ever. Uh, I, I will say that due to the like the it was like it consumed the entire year. Yeah. You know, like some things like uh, one bad thing happens and then the rest of the year, yeah, well, it's fine. But that one bad thing, you're always like, look back and be like, oh, that year sucked because of that. This year just sucked as a year. Like yeah. the whole year just sucked. So we made it. Hey. And the Lakers came out of it. The Lakers came out of it. Off. So hey, tell me your thoughts. Uh, first at off, some point, we're hanging a banner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At some point, when you get your fans there. But uh, anyway. this year starts off on a good note for the Lakers. Jamie, yep. let me ask you this first off. Yeah. Obviously, LeBron and AD playing on the offensive end, like a little more like LeBron and AD was a very encouraging sign. But I want to talk first off, and Laker Tom and I were talking before we went on the air about Dennis Schroeder. That acquisition is looking better and better by the day. I would say both Schroeder, uh, Schroeder, I'm sorry, and uh, Trez look better and better with each game. Um, I, I really like what both guys bring to the team. Uh Schroeder is just like everything you could really want in a modern NBA point guard. But the the thing that I think is most impressive about him is he's completely unfazed playing on this team. I can see some other guys coming in and being like, oh, I better pass the ball to Braun, or oh, I better pass the ball to AD, and then just stop. Not with Dennis Schroeder. No, that guy does not stop. That is the best thing about that he brings to this team. Like there are other point guards out there who are probably like better talent, more you know shooting or ball handling or passing or whatever you want to throw whatever stat you want to throw out there but either they would dominate the ball and be like i've got to show that i'm like this guy that deserves to be here or recede into the background and he's somehow like right off the bat managed to find just a really nice blend of like all right brad i'm taking the ball up the court you go stand in the corner for a couple possessions i'm doing it like don't worry about it or looks like LeBron's on fire a little bit. I'm just going to jog up the court and let him do what he does. Like, and it doesn't seem to phase this game. So that I think is for me personally, the most important impressive thing about what he's brought to the team is just, Hey, I'm here. To, I'm here to work. Uh, and so very- far his three point shooting has been right. Where it was that with Oklahoma city? It wasn't a misnomer. Like many were fearing that that would be the case because that was his high last season. It seems like it's a more consistent shot and it's something that we can rely upon at a decent rate, per se. As much as you could anybody else on the team. You yeah. know, I mean, there's the Lakers. I, th- I will say the Lakers are probably shooting the three a little better than we can expect them to shoot for the entire season if they maintain. But that's going to be better than last year. First in the league is a. I know. Well, like. Kind of high for us. Yeah. I mean, Caruso's not going to shoot 50% for the year. I think he's only taken like four. Four six shots, you know, from three because he's been out for a couple games, and but a lot of guys, you know, Kuz isn't going to stay at 40, 40 something percent for the. There's a lot of guys who are are hitting the three ball at a better rate uh, than they will, and you know, Gary Matthews Jr. with his perfect game the other night definitely evened up his percentage. Yeah. Three. So you know, it's just one of those things where you, you it'll it'll come back to earth a little bit. But I, for in terms of shooter, I think that. That, dude, if you look at his career, if you go back and look at each year, he's one of those guys who works on his game. He adds something to his game. He he gets better at the game of basketball and at being a professional basketball player, which is different than just being a good basketball player. Yep. There's good professional basketball player, and there's good just, hey, I'm good at basketball. And the two do not always result in a, a great on-court performance on a consistent basis. Um, so that's been really great to see. I would I would have to say if, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, choose one, I'd have to choose Shooter over Trez as the best acquisition the team has uh, got this year. Although, you know, for uh, 
in terms of like how the team, what the team needs and how he fits into what we're doing, Marcus is not far behind either one. You know, you're not going to get scoring out of Marcus No. You're not expecting points out of Marcus But in 20 minutes, he still had a ton of rebounds. He had, you know, he makes the offense work. Uh, and he's just going to get better in our system as time goes on, especially on defense. Um, so uh, all, all the uh, Rob did a great job in, in the summer. Rob did a great job in the summer. I, I gave I gave Rob a great a gold star before the year, and I see no reason to change that to a silver or a bronze. Well, there you go. Uh, that's some great points right there from Jamie. Uh, Laker Tom, I'm going to hit you next because you are the mastermind behind LakerHolics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Laker at LakerHolics.com. Laker Tom's articles there, plus also his medium.com site as well, where he shares many an opinion on the Los Angeles Lakers. Your thoughts on the game? I mean, you and I were talking about it. We're going to see a lot of these games. I know you and I were talking about before the season where there was this, you thought there, like a lot of people, there was this great big chasm. Record-wise, I will not see that because I think there's just going to be, like you and I were talking about, these games where the Lakers are just going to float in for a while and you might see them lose a couple because of that attitude. But today they were able to go ahead and when the time was right, hit it finally on that note. But you got to tell, you know, just because of the quick turnaround or just some of the things that maybe LeBron and AD are not as interested. I've, clearly they don't look as focused as they maybe they should. But still, it's going to be a little bit tougher this time around. I still expect the Lakers to be at or near the top of the standings. That's not in question. It's just not going to be as easy, I think, that a lot of other people were talking about as far as record-wise. I didn't say as far as overall at the end of the day, at the end of the championship, so let me be clear. I'm just saying right now it's going to be a little bit of a trek for the Lakers just to stay focused. I actually still feel the same way, Gerald. Uh, I think that we're in the in the preseason stage of the 70-game season, you know. Um, uh, the Lakers obviously aren't don't have their legs completely underneath them. Um, you still see a little clumsiness in LeBron when he's making moves inside. You still see AD being a little tentative here and there. Um, and, you know, and you have to factor in the fact that this is another one of those COVID affected seasons. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not like the bubble, but it is like the bubble in some ways. You know, you, you, you're not, the players have personal responsibility now for for protecting themselves for for doing the same thing that all four of us have to do with our families which is to protect your family by keeping your bubble you know fairly tight and and secure you know and if you don't do that you're going to affect your team and you're going to hurt the team's chances um but i think that the lakers they just have so much talent um they're struggling a little i think uh, defensively and i think that the Rotations will get better as players get healthier and, and get their legs underneath them. Um, and I think we'll, you know, once we get to maybe 15, 10, 15 games in, I think we'll start to see some routes. I, I think it's more likely that that if we go in a stretch where we're playing two teams like San Antonio back to back, that that we're liable to to sweep both games by big scores, not by close. I mean, even even as as sketchy as we've really played so far, we still have the number one net ranking in the league. Um, and you look at the ways that you can improve. I mean, before this game, the 17th ranked player on the Los Angeles Lakers defensively was Anthony Davis. Nowhere to go he, but up, my friend. He was he was really down there at the bottom, like 117.6 rating for his defensive rating. 
and he didn't do a hell of a lot today to really change that. It's it's been he's been a hot on offense from outside, but and I think he's just got two block shots for five for six games now. Um, that's not the Anthony Davis that, that we're used to seeing. So I see great strides to be improving in that. Um, I think we've seen good signs. I, I love Dennis Schroeder's defense tonight. He had a couple of great defensive efforts in the in the close of the game. Um, and I think we're going to see him more and more be one of those. I mean, Frank Bogle came out and, and basically said the Lakers' death lineup is A.D., Morrison, LeBron, and two guards. Um, and I think Dennis Schroeder is going to be one of those two guards. Um, and then the other guy is probably KCP, you know, KCP was playing well. And I, you know, I, I hope, I hope your ankle's okay, Kenny, cause we really need, we really need his play. He was just brilliant. Um, always gives you an effort at both ends of the court, um, is, has become an outstanding three point shooter that you can count on. Um, so, you know, the, the, this is really a different team and it's, it's kind of, in some ways, it's boring because you don't see them motivated against a team like San Antonio that I don't think is going to make the playoffs. Um, and, and it's hard to get up for that. And the guys aren't yet feeling that that fire that you get at some point in the season where you know you've got to start dominating. you got to start beating the teams that are going to be the threats for you. you got to start showing that you've got some playoff moxie. And this is just going to be a strange season without fans. Uh, I, I saw that they were talking about the stats uh, of home and away, and it's pretty much 50-50 now. There is no more home court advantage you know, in the NBA. It's all come down to now just, you know, it's it, the home team and the and the away team. It, there really is no big advantage. Uh, you start to really appreciate what the crowds do and what the crowds that are huge in the stadiums in the arenas that the Lakers play in at Staples, that that crowd is is worth. I mean, I've heard stories before where they say it's worth seven to eight points per game, and it definitely looks that way right now. Um, so I'm a little I'm a little disgruntled that the Lakers didn't play as well as I wanted them to play, but at the same to- time, I'm glad that they didn't blow the game like they did against the, the Blazers. You know, at least they came down, they made the clutch plays. And they made the clutch plays at the defensive end, which is a good sign. Uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the suffocating defense we saw in the championships, but at least uh, we saw some good some good effort there and some challenges of shots. It's a lot easier, you know, when you when you're not playing against Dame Lillard, uh, you know, and guys of that quality. But uh, it's a win, and we go on to Memphis, and let's see if we can take two more in Memphis. Absolutely. There's no reason why we shouldn't, especially with yep. John Moran out and a lot of people starting to whisper that Memphis maybe should start going into the fish tank mode, diving in there. I mean, Kyle Anderson, got to give the guy credit. He was this guy that was maybe like a fringe NBA player or whatnot. Then all of a sudden John Moran gets hurt and we're going to give the ball now to you, Kyle. Here you go. <laughs> and he's trying as hard as I've always loved slow-mo though. I mean, yeah, slow-mo, game, but you can use game is fun. You can see, though, that he's just like, okay, I've got to go now and do everything. Now, he he's obviously is not – he's trying his best, and but yeah. it's not obviously going to be the same team in Memphis. The Lakers, there's no reason why they shouldn't uh, give out uh, on two. They should get two. It shouldn't be yeah. a, a discussion of when. It should be the focus. I think that's the thing, focus. That's the main thing I see with, with the Lakers. And a lot of these teams, they're not defending on the perimeter – 
The Lakers got burned time and time again on the mid-range. It's just focus. If the Lakers are focused, they should be destroying these teams. And I think yeah, it's just defense, defensively, we want to defensively the game plan of every team in the league now. Give up three give, pointers. Force them, is to force the mid-range jumper. You want to do that. You don't want to give up a three. You don't want to give but up. But they're giving up threes. Up the problem is all these teams are giving up threes. And they're all giving yeah. up. They're all shooting well from three. And that's the problem. The, the offense has changed and evolved, especially this year, even more towards the three-pointer. The defenses have not started evolving with it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. But uh, I want to go ahead and get in Sean because he's been very patient and very quiet and very patient in sitting in the shadows there. He is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out Magic Man whenever you see him at Lakerholics.com. And Sean, I want you to go ahead and start off by telling us the kind of contributions KCP can give us. Unfortunately, he did suffer an ankle injury, and I'm hoping the test will prove negative when the x-rays come back. And he'll only be out, Be I'm assuming he's going to probably be out the Memphis games. Would you keep him out that long, or would you just get him right back in? I, I, I think you should keep him out a little bit long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I keep them out for the the two Memphis games, Gerald. I agree, um, just as a precaution. It's yeah, I mean, we're, and we're, plus we're more time out. to THT. Give us a nine man rotation. Well, and in all fairness, I have a low battery, so I'm gonna try and finish off something before I get cut off. Um, Go for it. Last year, yeah, last year, if you had told me if we had two guys who played more than 20 minutes and had zero points, I would tell you there was a low probability of us winning. But both Marcus All and Wes Matthews had zero points tonight. But Wes played a really great branded defense. I loved his movement. He tried to make people as uncomfortable as possible. Not just not just shooting, but going under him or over him. He really tries to make you uncomfortable. We didn't see a true rim protector the whole night, Gerald, other than the 42 minutes of AD. Yeah, Jakob Pertle and, and Gasol played 20 minutes each. But this is the new NBA like you were talking about. You may, a team that has, you know, a rim protector like uh, an AD or a Rudy Gobert, you could, you're obviously going to scheme them, right? But for teams that don't, we saw it with the, with the Atlanta-Brooklyn game. You could just play five out now in the NBA and maybe your center six, eight, six, nine. That's the way it seems to be trending now. And it's just all about who can guard from the three point line better at this point in time, yep. because I'm seeing all these teams not adjusting well enough and on offense they are doing great. Hey, shoot the three. You guys have practiced now for years doing this. So that's why we're seeing all these teams and a lot of these players improving their three pointers because that's what they're taught to do. And the involvement of the game is going towards the three-point line. It's just the defenses have not come according to that, have not gone and said, just push them towards the mid Like you were talking about, and, and with a team like San Antonio, 
they they really like to playing the mid game because you've got Demar Derozan who eats and feasts off of the mid range. Now he's starting to shoot three pointers. My gosh, I tell you what, it, you know, it, it's a I little think bit he was too three late. for four tonight. Yeah, it's, to it's, a, it's almost too little, too late for the Spurs at this point because they just don't have enough to field a truly competitive team. But Jamie, let you hip up with this. I, Sean, I just stay with us as long as you can. Uh, no worries, man. If you can, just gotta get those batteries charged. I hear you. It's like one of those uh, commercials that I see now all the time on NBA TV. But Jamie, I want to go ahead with this. I mean, when it comes to San Antonio, real quickly, they've got a great future. The problem is, I need. I think they need to start looking at the future a little bit more closely instead of that eight to ten spot. I think they need to go ahead and say, you know what? We've got four great assets in Mills, Gay, DeRozan, and Aldrich that we can trade by the trade deadline and give up a lot of get and get in return a lot of assets that can really help us moving forward. It's just the the question of is are they doing it to you know because Pop's still there? Do they want to stay relevant because Pop's still there? Do they want to stay competitive because Pop's still there? I'm not sure if that's the wisest thing to do. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. I mean, it's they're they're in that that NBA gray zone of like good enough to get there. There's no way, barring you know disastrous injuries to multiple teams, that they're going all the way to the NBA finals. Like it's just, it's in it's 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 almost beyond improbable. But it's highly improbable, right? I mean, is there a chance? Of course, there's a chance. That's why I play the games, but it's not a good chance. Um, I mean, they've got, well, they've got a great they, young core. I, I, don't, I, get, I agree. I, I, I would be surprised if all four of the names you just tossed out are on the Spurs by the end of the year. Uh, they do have a grip ton of expiring deals coming up, and yeah. they might be happy enough to be like, if there's not, if they can't see like the guy they want in a trade, I will say that that organization is one of the more patient organizations in any sport. You, you, you name a sport, and they play the long game better than most. Um, and they'll, they'll let, they'll let guys walk. They won't, they won't, they won't cry if they've just get cap space. And let me build, hit you back with this. The team however they want. Go for it. Yeah, please. I mean, the Kawhi Leonard trade, obviously they yeah. didn't get enough back in the exactly Kawhi Leonard trade gonna and they're going to hit, they're going to be hit hard for years because of that. I mean, now that they have these four players, which they could utilize in trades for some really solid assets going forward. Now is the time that they're going ahead and you can make building blocks. First, we're going to go ahead to Memphis. Memphis has a, a nice mix of young players, and they flirted with the playoffs last season at being in that in those games. But now that John Morant's there for or gone for three to four weeks, you have to say to yourself, how are we going to go through the rest of the season? They don't have the kind of veteran talent that you could showcase in trades out there like a San Antonio does. San Antonio not only can play even with Memphis right now, they can go ahead and they have a future that they can build upon it. I mean, they're in a very uh, under the radar, very good position. And and I, I think right now Pops is the only reason why they're still together is because they don't want to be a, a flame out in the in the last years of his his coaching career. I think that's a little misguided. And I think that even he would tell you if he took a step back and realized you got to make changes that are best for the, the actual team going forward. I mean, I think they have in a lot of ways. I, I mean, I, the Kawhi Leonard situation was kind of unprecedented at the time. I mean, you had a guy who 
basically lost all trust and faith in the organization that made him who he was and forced his way off the team. I thought that, you know, for what Kawhi had done on his own to that point, getting DeMar DeRozan back wasn't the worst they could have had know. the AD package from the Lakers. That was their big mistake. That was the, yeah, I agree. They, they, they I mean, the that, Lakers were willing to give them the AD package. Yeah. To get they, were. they were, but Pop, but hate, Pop, and Pop, 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 not just Pop, the, the Spurs hate the Lakers. The Spurs yeah. as an organization hate the Lakers. They always you know, have, it, goes, it, it goes back to the George Gervin Iceman days that they hate the Lakers. It's just how it is. They, they, yeah. they want to be the biggest team in the West Coast, Western Conference. They are not the biggest team in the Western Conference, even though they're in the biggest state. So they just got a deal, and they should just move on. I'm not sure it's all pop. I think it's I think it's that they play the long game. I think that they are willing to find the guys that fit the way they want to play, and that is a pop thing. But it's going to get passed down to Becky Hammond or whoever ends up taking over after he retires. I don't know that he's going to retire anytime soon. I mean, he, he. I think he enjoys. I think he just enjoys the experience. Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw Sean had a point. So what do you, what did you want to add, Sean? Go ahead, Sean. Uh, um, no, no, Jamie finish. Cause, cause I had a point. Ah, I mean, that's basically, I, 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 I don't know that, I don't know that there is San Antonio won't make a move to just because that's people are saying they have expiring contracts or, or, or even if that there's not a great chance for them to make the playoffs. If they have guys that play, their style of basketball that fit in with what they do in that organization, they roll with those guys and they believe in the culture. Same way that Miami does. Same way that Miami does. You know, the, Miami is like the Spurs of the East and that how it's how we do it. This is how we do it. And if you don't like it, we're going to get you out. And if you do like it, you could play here maybe for forever if you want to. That's There's, not working out so well for Miami right now. Well, yeah. it's early. It's early. And, I know and, it's early. I'm just, it's I, I got to say that on the other hand, but yes. No, it no, it's true. I mean, it, it might not work out. You know, there's a lot of things that go into an NBA season. This is going to be a weird, weird, mm-hmm. weird, weird NBA season. It's just getting going. Uh, in terms of Memphis, I mean, three to four weeks, it's not that long. Uh, it is for this season because it's short, but you might just see how it goes, you know. That's close to 20 know. games, though. No, I know. I, it's it's I a lot. It's a lot. I, Go ahead, I Sean. I wouldn't bring – yeah, I, Gerald. Um, you know, I'm right now. I'm dating uh, a physical therapist who works for uh, MLSE, and uh, she was telling me that the kind of ankle roll that John Morant has, she said it'd be towards the longer phase than the earlier phase. Because it's the three dreaded Lonzo words: ball. high ankle sprain. Yeah, ankle sprain. Yeah, those Lon- high Lonzo ones are ball. killers. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball season was lost because of a grade three ankle sprain. It's just mm. the way you fall crashing down on someone's foot. It's just sometimes it happens. Um, but you're right; it's twenty games, and I don't, I don't see Memphis treading water in those twenty games. However, um, I would be very careful if I were NBA GMs about. Um, overlooking what the Memphis Grizzlies could possibly do this offseason. In the draft, there are seven to eight potential franchise players. If Memphis only hits on one of them, they have three. They would have a big three of of possibly John Morant, Cunningham, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And um, the elite shooting and playmaking of that trio 
would bury teams within the next three to five years. If Memphis does tank and does hit on this pick, it's going to change the NBA's landscape a little bit because the Memphis Grizzlies also have a owner who's willing to spend money. Robert Perra is a recluse, but he has also shown himself to be an avid NBA fan. And he will spend the money to make sure. I know you're laughing, Jamie, but um, it's, it's his, when he when he bought the Memphis Grizzlies, hit the company stock he had was worth eight dollars. It's worth two hundred and thirty-seven dollars now. No, he guys, is worth. Guys, he is. He is fifty. They have a good front. They have a great front office. Liquid, they have a great smart front office. They do. They do. They do, and they did something that you would have you would have recommended. They fired John Hollinger <laughs> when Robert Perra became the owner. Yeah, uh, John Hollinger, the Laker hater that he is. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Sean, great inside, Jamie, you as well. I, I like I said, with, when it comes to Memphis, they just don't have the season talent you could give up at a trade deadline that San Antonio does. That's the difference I was yeah. trying to. Communicate with that. Yeah, yeah. Would the San Antonio really have talent that somebody wants? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm. Uh, Yeah, I'm not for sure. Are you kidding me? I'm not for sure. uh, Who? I mean, mean, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Marcus Aldridge, Jamar DeRozan. These are players that could come Mm. off your bench, and if it depends on the price you're asking for. I don't know what you're going to get for them. That's going to be maybe a draft choice here and there, and so forth. I don't really see them having. Having any any great value that's going to change the roster of the of the Spurs. Well, again, you, that's what, better. I if see. you if you well, let me just say this. I'm, let me just say this. If you trade and you get those kind of assets, you get early second rounds, you get late first rounds. That's hey, it's the look salary. at Oklahoma it's City. The look at, Oklahoma City has a ton of first round draft picks. They're not all high up. There are some of the a lot of them are in the mids. A lot of them will end up being at the late. But they are still assets. And again, you're talking about an individual like Rudy Gay who can still perform out there. You saw him playing pretty good defense. You saw him hitting from the outside. Same thing with Mills. Mills can't play defense, but at least he can get you threes. Uh, you know, we're talking about players that can contribute on playoff teams still 10, 15 minutes a game that could be worth those late first round draft picks. So if you're in San Antonio and you see your team with those players not performing, not doing as well as a team, maybe you want to consider doing that. And like Jamie said, I wouldn't be surprised if one or if all of them are gone by the trade deadline, simply because of the fact that you can get decent assets for them going forward. Once you can bundle them. You can, Gerald, because of the salaries. They're all making over 20 million a year. Mills pay too? 20 million a year for this guy. I don't think Patty Mills is making 20 million a year. Well, uh, Patty Mills is the only one. But Gay's Aldridge, is Gay expi- expiring? Gay's expiring. Mm-hmm. Aldridge, I think, is is expiring. Uh, the, the, still, you, you try to make a trade I, with those I, guys I, I, I at, the, at the trade deadline is very difficult because of the salary matching stuff. I, I will. I, I will say this: of, of, the, two, of the two teams, of the two teams, the the team that does have the most, uh, I would say desirable asset is the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to trade Dylan Brooks at some point. Like you said, Gerald, they're a young team. They don't really have veterans around them. 
They have to figure out what they're doing with uh, Gorgi Yang and Valanchunas moving forward. I don't want so Brooks, Dylan that's Brooks for sure. Is, no, oh no, no, no. But somebody will will take a flyer on him for his contract. For, Rudy's for only fourteen. No. Rudy Gay is only fourteen million. Patty, Patty Mills is thirteen eight. How much is Aldridge and and uh, Aldridge, those two are Aldridge, high? I, I Aldridge is twenty four mil and DeRozan's twenty seven. But like you keep DeRozan. Twenty four and twenty seven mil makes them almost untradeable. No, it doesn't. We just saw John Wall get. Are they down. expiring contracts? They could trade. They could trade DeRozan for Harden. Is Aldridge uh, and uh, uh, Laker Thomas? Nobody's going to trade up DeRozan for Harden. Demar Demar is he opted into his player option, so finally. Yeah, okay, so he's deal. so they're expiring. If they're expiring, then they are tradable assets, I think. Houston could yep. trade Demar for for Harden straight up, and look at being able. They're not going to do that. Uh, hey, you oh know. Oh my God. They, why not? They can get more than that for Harden. Harden, yeah, no, can the Harden sweepstakes. I think can, San Antonio is not high they? up on the list, no. so because well, of the fact that they're just not in the position. I, would I don't know if they can. Philadelphia, can. you put Denver, you put Miami at, you know, Miami. Got a bridge up here. We'll sell you. Uh, yeah. All I'm saying is that all those teams are going to have to gut their playoff roster to get a player like James Harden, and I think all of those teams are going to have second guesses yeah. about that. Den, Den, Denver well, doesn't have to. I agree to. with you that. Denver, Denver, Denver doesn't have to. Denver doesn't have to get. Den, that's true. That's Den, a good Denver doesn't Denver have, just have to give up Michael but, Porter but, but Jr. Contracts, and I think that would be a big mistake. Yeah. I agree. I, I thought that's big what I mean. You're, gonna, you're looking at. You're big looking mistake, at, Gerald. There, there's a, there's few teams that are going to be pressured into that kind of win. FPJ is going to be a star. That's all. Uh, I'm he, well, here's, we'll see. Here's he, the he, thing. Should, he should be a star. We'll see. I I think Help I think Philly Help, yes. I think Phil, I I think Philly's more inclined to just wait this out if they're so, like yeah. at the All Star at, at the All Star break more, if more if is infatuated like, with Harden I know I yeah he is Gerald but you know what I, I I just have a feeling that the owner's affinity and friendship with Embiid has more say in the organization. Than Maury right now, and you know what? In the future, that that could be reversed. But I think, I think the allure of a James Harden for Joel Embiid would be. I don't too think Maury went there with knowing anybody. I think Maury. I'm going to tell you this: Maury didn't jump to that team. Maury didn't leave. Maury didn't didn't leave. Say he was going to go ahead and have more family time and spend some time with his family. <laughs> then the week later, jump into Philadelphia as the president and just say, you know what? I'm going to let somebody else be higher on the food chain. He mm -hmm. is the man right now in Philly. Okay. He is making the decisions. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah. Fair enough. So I, I disagree enough. with you on that respectfully. But let me get to Laker Tom because I know enough. he wanted to go ahead and interject on this game. I mean, when it comes to it, Laker Tom. Like I said, good win. We'll take the win any way we can get it. I like the way they clamped down in the fourth quarter. But to see on the offensive end, LeBron and AD invested, at least on the offensive end. Defense, I saw LeBron not hustling back a couple times. You know, some of the things that we see LeBron from time to time do. But on the offensive end, you've got to be pleased to see that they're starting to really click. And AD was focused today on the offensive end. Yeah, he was. Um and it, it's it's still it's still kind of clunky, you know. They still don't they still don't really have it's not smooth. 
they don't they don't have the rhythm that they had at the end of last year. Yeah. And it's and it's obvious that they're, you know, some of the plays they're calling, they're phoning it in. They're really not going out there and playing. They expect to beat the Spurs. They expected it to be easier than it was. Um, they put a little exertion on at the end and closed it out. And I think they're going to see a lot of these games, but I also think that they're good enough that we'll see the same number of games where we're going to blow people out uh, and everybody will, will have easy games. Um, uh-huh. You know, it, 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 in a way, it's almost a shame that these that we get these 13 games with non-competitive teams, with, with teams that aren't, gonna, aren't probably going to make the playoffs to start the season. You know, I mean, some people might say it's easy. I've always, I've always preferred to have tougher schedules uh, just to get the guys serious, because I think that's the big danger you have when you're playing a whole bunch of subpar teams in a row is, is like you said, focus. It's awful hard to focus on it. You know, I have to admit though, you know, the thing that's special about LeBron James is the guy is a competitor and he does not like to lose. And even tonight you can see him coming out there and, and and making efforts on plays and uh, and uh, it's that kind of leadership and so forth that I think is is one of the big benefits that Anthony Davis gets from playing alongside the guy it's that everybody on the team benefits from because uh, he's still going to demand a certain amount of effort and hustle on every play and that's probably the only thing that's going to give us an opportunity to enjoy the next 11 games you know as opposed to as opposed to watching 11 more preseason games. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, I didn't feel any anxiety over that we were going to possibly lose this game or win this game. I've sort of settled into the whole idea that despite maybe not how I thought the season was going to start off with, I think the first 15 to 20 games are, are probably going to be like this. You know, we're going to see a lot of lackluster performances until the players all start to get serious, you know. Um, we're going to see a lot of shifting in, in, but I think by the time you get to 20 games, I would bet you that you'll see the eight teams you think are best in each conference holding those top eight spots. Started, they start, you'll see, hopefully, like you said, the separation process right. begin between the, yeah. the, the good and uh, the not so good and those that are trying to seek somewhere in purgatory. I wanted to go, but it still is the odd. It still is the odd situation. It's like you know Miami getting beaten. I'm one game better, Jamie. By the way, sixteen and four. Go ahead, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. No, I was just saying it. It's still an odd season, and we're still going to see that this is a COVID-related season, and we haven't yet really seen any teams lose players. Well, Houston did. Houston, the Houston situation. Chicago. We haven't seen it like we've seen it in the in baseball and in NFL. Yeah. I mean, 49ers got six starters that are out next game. I think that has as much to do with the smallness of an NBA team versus the other two. There's 800 players on a football team. There's like the other side of it is if you get somebody sick, if you get somebody sick on the the team, it's the whole team. It's the whole team. It could be the whole team very easily. So It'll be interesting to see. You well, know, this one, this is another well, COVID influence season. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I was going to say we we had four players who tested positive for it um, in the spring, so okay. I'm not sure if it's gone through the whole locker room yet. And yeah, we do have new additions, and 
Yes, you can reacquire it, but hopefully everybody's taking the the. the well, did we really have four positives, or were those contact tracing situations? There were four positives. No, they just they never were, mentioned the players. Four positives. They were just didn't identify the. So who I, was? And who, it's the did, did not the uh, private HIPAA loss for anonymity. Anonymity is is uh, a big thing. And this was because this so. was right at the beginning, Tom. This was right at the beginning when it really wasn't getting yeah. out there. People who were public after the you're the, talking about after the bubble and before. Geez. Because of the Utah, remember? Rudy Gobert. Well, let me. I'll. I'll say it. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tested positive. Shortly thereafter, it was stated that four Lakers players who were unnamed because they tested the Lakers, they tested Toronto, mm -hmm. all the teams that Utah was in interaction with in a short-term basis, mm -hmm. and those it said four players from the Lakers team were positive at that point in time. They didn't indicate the players because of HIPAA laws. It was a lot more right. private at that point in time. Now it seems to be public any time a celebrity or a person of political interest or an athlete gets it seemingly. But yeah, back then it was a lot more quiet about that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. KD was really the the first kind of athlete NBA player to come forward with his positive diagnosis, and then after that, people just generally thought if a if a star player or superstar had tested positive, they would just just come forward with it publicly. But the the, the truth of the matter is, if you if you've been looking at Shams' tweets, a lot of a lot of players in the NBA haven't disclosed that they tested positive for. I mean, why was Harden out partying without a mask? It's because he's already had it. That's part right. of the reason why he was so brazened out there. Right. And just touching on the Harden situation earlier, because I know you proposed to trade Jamie Sweet, but those for two, yeah, I mean, Houston <laughs> wants a young superstar. So it's either going to be MPJ, mm -hmm. Simmons, or the kids in Miami. And they're going to want a lot of draft picks bundled with it, which is something Brooklyn can't give. Is no. the draft picks, and they also can also give uh, the star players. So that's why it's going to be one of those three teams, in my opinion, is because they can bundle things that Houston wants. Simmons is Gerald, a heck of a you, talent. You, yeah, Simmons would be the Gerald, one I could see. That. Gerald, do go you ahead, think, John. Do you think if I was going to ask you, do you think if Miami sweetened the pot that they would they would pull ahead of the Sixers? And I'll give you an example. So we we understand Hero would obviously be the centerpiece. Hero and Robinson would go, but I don't think that would do it. If they proposed out of bio, that about, would be the What scenario. about Precious? What about Precious? I think all three of those you can throw out there, and that's equivalent to an MPJ or that's equivalent to a Ben Simmons because those two are superstars. Yeah, The I, kids in Miami yeah, you're throwing at me are good. In fact, in, in Hero's case, he could be really good. But he's not a superstar, and he doesn't yeah. tune out to be a superstar. I don't, at least I don't think he'll be out possibly mm -hmm. to an all-star status. But he doesn't. Yeah. MPJ and 
especially Ben Simmons, like Tom was talking about, going to project a little bit higher. So who is that player on Miami that is young that's going to project that high is Bam Adebayo. So if the right. if you're throwing – okay, if you're in a poker game and you're throwing and you're betting all the chips out there, Miami's going to have to bet that chip, I think, in order to get him. Because it, without without him, I don't I think that do they it. have enough. No, I, I Miami do. really yeah, want him, though. Miami has a culture that seems very un-James Harden. Oh, I, I, agree. I agree with you on well, actually, the nightlife is very James Harden, but uh, the, is very the actual well, team life is is you're, you're right. Sit, on that. I mean, I wouldn't when, give when up. Pat Riley, yeah, I was going to say, well, I, I, I never, never say never with Pat Riley. He acquired yeah. Shaq when everyone called him fat and out yeah, of shape. True. So, and and went out and won a ring with it. If they struggle, if they struggle to start the tease season, they're going to be well, five hundred like there are. from that, you never know. I mean. This is a team with Butler that went all well, the way. I wish James Harden on him. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I, I I think James Harden is a. I think James Harden in some ways has turned into a cancer. I don't think that. I I think that. No. He sees I mean, the how, right, What he about sees AD the right, in his last year in New Orleans? People were saying same, he was a exactly. cancer. No, I yeah, don't think that's true. Those I, are think, I think that he has seen. I, I mean, that. this is the thing. The, the, the difference is that James Harden has like firmly established himself in the NBA as like the one of the best player. players in the player. NBA. At the time in, 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 in New Orleans, AD had never gotten, you know, he hadn't done much and was injured a lot. So there was a lot of like, well, can he take a team on the guard and the forward and center? You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard when you don't have the ball in your hands all the time to control agreed. the game like LeBron. Agreed. 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 So, I, I mean, that's, I wouldn't, those trades for, uh, the only one I see really happening with any top team is Embiid. I'm sorry, uh, Simmons. Yeah. So that they can pair Harden and Embiid, which makes the sense. The one that makes sense. It's the only one that makes sense. You don't, you, 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 you gotta, and I, as far as, Harden doesn't miss games. Harden doesn't miss anything. He asks no, to go party on his days free, off. Bro. He just missed, misses shots in the playoffs. Yes. So do lots of players. So do lots of players. Let's let's yep. not throw him yeah. on that bonfire by himself. But, but, but that 27 but threes. Jamie, he didn't Jamie, he didn't take all those 27 threes in a row that they no, missed. So no, exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jamie's ahead, right. Tom. I mean Robert yeah, Robert Tractor Trailer was fat and did miss games. James just happens to be a little fat right now, and he's not missing Good. games. He's not missing games. He doesn't miss games. One, he goes one thing out every night. You don't have to worry long. about what China That's Cape Miami culture. No, He'll drop forty on you. You know, overweight. Well, we're seeing that a lot now. People are talking about Luca, Luca Doncic, in the same fashion. I mean, they're yeah. talking about getting him a Peloton. Uh, you know, I think that's what it was been joked he's about never on, on be Twitter. Skinny. No, yeah, but he, yeah, Luca will never be guys skinny. bounce off of him pretty good too. He's he's got big bones, man. He's got big yeah. bones. Yeah, but he he's right now looks a little bit out of shape just because uh to, you know he's not been performing at the level. Now tonight they did get a he victory. Needs, he needs James Harden's trainer. <laughs> he needs to find a three point <laughs> shot. Vegas. Hey, but they did win today. Uh, but you know what? Who also won today is the Utah Jazz over the Los Angeles Clippers, 106 to 100. So that's always good news. That means the Lakers and the Clippers are now tied at four and two atop the Western Conference. So that's something else to look forward to. So, uh, what? Oh, okay, it must be someone with one loss is probably ahead of them. There's one. Didn't Phoenix beat Denver? I thought, I yeah, thought Phoenix, is a, Phoenix is on. Phoenix is on. 
Phoenix is on fire right now. Yeah, Phoenix I, I don't, I don't want to discount Phoenix's great start. Mm -hmm. You know what? And I, I'm rooting for a guy like Monty Williams who's had such tragedy in his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't really want to say anything bad about Phoenix because they've got a team that is going to compete and is going to compete hard. And Monty, Monty Williams is truly a good coach, and I wish him the best. Do I think that they're going to stay at that altitude of, of number one in the Western Conference? No. But, you know, right now I'm, I'm congratulating their success. They were hot to start off last year. Hopefully they can sustain it. Now with Chris Paul, they can sustain it. They're a little bit more balanced this year, so I'm looking forward to good things from them. They're better for Well, yeah. I mean, they, that, play that, well, they play well. They're one of the teams that, that play that well bubble, with fans in the stands. That bubble is going to go mm. a long way to help their future going forward. The way they played in the bubble, yeah. going undefeated, at, you know, such a young team going through that confidence-boosting thing has really helped them. Getting a veteran-savvy player like Chris Paul, whatever you think of him, is it's nice to add that type of veteran on the team. Uh, you know, they obviously still need a couple things here or there, but they are going to be a competitive team in the Western yeah. Conference. So it's good to see. Booker's a real Ryan. deal, too. Really. Yeah. You know what? You know what won't last? Booker's, I think, a really good player. I think he's going to, I told you, well, we already had this argument. I think he's a star. I think he's going to be well yeah. on his way to being a top oh, yeah. 20 player in the not too distant future. I already think he's a top five guard department, despite what Wicker Tom says. Um, yeah. I'm right there on the top fence. Ten. Top five. You know what's top not going to last is top Phoenix ten. being the best defensive team in the league. So let's yeah. wait for the rest of the league to. Yeah, uh, and I know. And like I said, I'm not expecting them to stay number one. But again, this, the Lakers, well, the cream their, this, is their year, this is a year to have an opportunity because CP3 is going to get old. And, yeah. and they're a team that they're a team that benefits. They're a team that benefited greatly in the bubble from not having fans in the stands and that's yeah. going to they're going to they're continuing to play well that way i don't know how uh, you, and it's a I lot different you, to go into la and play the clippers when you don't have a full staple center just like playing the lakers than it is when you do, do that so, i mean you got to look at the record right now in fact if you watch the nba tv uh feed of it today and you watch san antonio and you looked at they actually put up a stat that i think as of that time it was like 33 and 34 Right. Were the games mm -hmm. as far as at home? There's the no home, home court advantage anymore. Right now, there's not a home court advantage from what we're seeing in the NBA at this point in time. So that's something that is to advantage of those teams that can keep but wait the till focus. July. Wait till July and the playoffs are happening. Yeah, that's a different story right. altogether. But we uh, could see. Go ahead. You no, know, I mean you can't just ignore home court advantage for the whole season if you're thinking in the playoffs you yeah. may have fans. I mean, Orlando had fans no, the other day, and they got blown out for their first loss. So imagine that. Yeah, they, like they had fans. I, mean, I, 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 just, I, I look at it this way. I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to say that a bubble team won't succeed in the regular season because neither of those things is there's nothing. There's no compare. There's no true comparison. It's just what we think, right? So it's whatever. My thing is this: the ability and skill of the players remains unchanged. So you're talking about like a bench guy missing a three-pointer when he might not even be playing. All right, whatever. But like the good players are going to be good. They've proven it. It's not a question of like, is Jimmy Wait, Butler, good or Jimmy Butler not good? Is Duncan Robin a great three-point shooter or Duncan Robin not a great three-point shooter? And so on and so forth down the line. These guys are good at what they do. So is it enough to turn games? I don't really think it is. I don't really think home court advantage, unless it's like, you know, me, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sold on it. I think it's important. I definitely think you want it. 
in the bubble well, the that we saw. Say it's important. I mean, I, no, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, there's and there's definitely a, 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 a synchronicity between the human experience. Game, they say. That's, that's what the experts say. I'm, I'll be curious to see how that holds up after this. I'll be curious to see how that holds up after this because that'll be a very interesting uh, scientific I, experiment. I, well, go ahead, to, Sean. Final thoughts on that before we yeah. uh, wrap it all up. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, I've been to two game sevens. One home team won, one home team lost. I think Jamie makes some valid points about how there are certain advantages to being at home and yet sometimes depending on the matchup, depending on the type of team you're playing against, the leadership, the experience, it really doesn't matter. And actually Phoenix is about ready to win right now to go five and one. So the right. Lakers and Clippers are both looking up at them right now, but go ahead, Jamie. I think it influences the referees more than it influences the players. And that Correct. I think would be, I so think that, that was a weird be. shift how they were refing the game today. Then all right. of a sudden, the last two minutes, they just like not only did they swallow the whistle, they threw it right. into the stands, right. just so letting everybody like, just play off basketball, wrestle and, and smack each other. That was just kind of funny. Is this rugby 101 or yeah. uh, NBA basketball? What's going it, on? It was, that was, it was just funny because I worked on both sides. So I'm like, well, wow, okay, that was a shift. It just like you could see LeBron was super yeah. pissed at the refs yeah. today. Like he was just like, what do you? What? Well, here's what? the thing. I, I, if I if I could, um, Laker Tom the other night was, and he wasn't alone. There are many other frustrated Laker fans um, regarding Anthony Davis's demeanor with the officials. Here's the here's the deal with with the NBA. The game is officiated differently depending on the geography of the court. On the perimeter, yeah, the refs. Are very very liberal with Touch a guy and it's a foul. And defenders, but breathe in, on him it's a foul. Post, you you can you can hammer him, you can elbow ad, you can punch him, and they Anything don't goes call the paint, a baby. damn thing. Yeah. yeah, so I really don't like the way that the, the way the calls change depending on the geography of the court. I think it's BS. I I love Money McCutcheon. Money McCutcheon was my favorite referee growing up. The games I went to with the Raptors and Monty McCutcheon, it was always a fair game. I always thought he was a fair referee because guys like Kobe and guys like Stefan Marbury would always say, Monty's a fair guy. He's in charge of the officiating right now. I think it needs to be fixed. Well, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed right now, but it is going to be something going forward we're going to take a look at. Can the Lakers keep focused to get out the gate strong? So far, so good. I mean, they did win today, and let's go ahead and keep that in perspective. So they uh, are now 4-2 and two on the season, second place in the Western Conference. They'll be moving up hopefully very soon in the not-too-distant future with a couple good wins in Memphis that I think they're going to get. But 109-103 to 103 was the score today. Before you head on out, guys, before you know, I always say go ahead and you go ahead and pitch what you want, I want to do something a little bit different, okay, because it is upon the new year. But before we totally throw away 2020, I just want to know if you guys had some memories. So I'm just going to say I'll, I'll announce what you guys are going to do. I know, first of all, Sean, I'm going to start with you. You've obviously got some great articles coming up and some great thoughts on Lakerholics.com, and people should always check it out. But instead of saying what you're going to be doing and what you're up to, why don't you go ahead and tell me if you have some good memories from the Lakers fast break or the Lakers season from 2020. I, I want to thank you for uh, the invite, first of all. 
and allowing me to. Oh, I invited you. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Well, I'm back and um, being being so gracious and um, um, everyone I've shown the, the show to says you're a fantastic host and, and um, the future is very bright for you going forward for for everybody. And um, I just wanted to thank Lakers Fest for giving me the opportunity to show my passion, how much I love this team and this Laker family, because at the end of the day, we are a family. Oh, that's awesome. We are a family indeed. And I found out, congratulations. I didn't know you were seeing a physical therapist. That's great. So when you have those aches and pains, you go, honey, oh, oh, got this, this, this pain right here. There you go. There you go. The, exactly. The magic fingers. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't have to worry about Jerry Seinfeld dating the masseuse and, and okay. her not wanting to get a masseuse. That doesn't, that's not my problem. Okay, fair enough indeed. But she is a, a very lucky lady, and I'm sure you're a very lucky man indeed. So I'm very happy for the both of you. But thank you for everything thank that you. you provided last year, and I'm looking forward to great things. Jamie Sweet, always with five great things. You know you got to go ahead and check it out, Lakerholics.com. So you know another five things is coming up in a not-too-distant future. But – You've got some memories, I'm sure, with us here at the Lakers Fast Break, hopefully from 2020. I know we had some great laughs over the course of the past year, laughing and arguing with and against Laker Tom, I'm sure is probably some of them. But <laughs> tell me some of the things that you wanted to talk about as far as you remembering with Lakers Fast Break in 2020. I mean, first off, just, you know, I have to echo exactly what Sean just said. You know, thank you for inviting us or, or allowing us to just barge in. I invited you? Oh, yeah. No, I, just, no, 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 I thought no, you no. guys I just, hacked, I just show up at parties. I show up at parties. That's okay. What I, I thought you just hacked and you stole the <laughs> invite code and got on here. I'm in. No, there you go. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. No, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the things. It's. Uh, I will say that having being able to come on this podcast when I can and – being able to contribute to the blog as I'm able to, and all the work that everybody does to make all those things uh, an exciting and fun thing to interact with are one of the things that saved this year for me. Uh, it's like top five on the list of things that like kind of kept me sane, kind of kept me like, you know what, if, if we can all, we got it, we just got to do this. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. We, let's, let's come out of it as best we can. Let's bring as many people with us as we can. And that goes for being Laker fans as well. You know, let's bring as many people into this who, as who want to come and hang out and talk. Cause it's, there's not a lot of ego, which is kind of like a high priority for me in life. Like I don't have a lot of room for a lot of, a lot of ego myself, you know, on my end included, you know, it just never does anybody any good for the most part. Uh, I feel like uh, <laughs> I far, I'd far rather listen to the id. The ego is so boring. The id is where it's at anyway uh and you know it's just one of those things you know what am i i think one of my favorite episodes uh was early in the playoffs where like laker tom was super pissed at everybody because we weren't gonna we weren't believing him that it was going to be a four and two series and it turned out to be a four and two series and then the next time laker tom wasn't like in anybody's face he was just like yep i was right and then you know it's, it's those sort of things that i, I very much enjoy. You know, the, the sort of witty repartee. And, like, you know, I will forever disagree with Laker Tom on things like that the Lakers dumped JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or that, uh, you know, the three-point shot is spells the end of the big man. Everything changes. as This year has changed us in ways that I don't think any of us ever anticipating having to change. Uh, and so I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the growth that 
this whole experience has allowed me to enjoy at this much later stage in my life. Uh, of course, not as late a stage as Laker Tom is in, but <laughs> still for me, a, a fairly late stage. The oldest I've ever been is today. So there you go. Uh, yes, same here. Same here. What a coincidence. But uh, well said, my friend. And before we head on out, Laker Tom, the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com, and a guy that I know is working on some stuff when he can, although his plate is a little bit more full than it was before. But please check out his medium.com articles and, of course, everything that he does for Lakerholics.com. My friend, I know that you're busy because when I see my post-game reports back to back to back to back, I know that means you're busy doing a lot of stuff, which is kind of cool for me. And I know is, you know, I know that means you're working on a lot of stuff. But I know you've got some stuff that you are going to be working on in the not-too-distant future. But before we head on out, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Lakers Fast Break. You and I have been hanging around since 2019. We're now 210 episodes in, if you can believe that or not, my friend. And I just started this, like I said, before you and I started before. I think you were one of my first 10 episodes. And we started this just before the Lakers season was really going to get underway. And 210 episodes later, here we are. But I want to hear your thoughts on the, you know, things that we did and what happened over the course of last year. And there were some any great memories or memories period that you have of, of Lakers uh, fast break last season. Well, you know, it's, last a, year. it's a funny thing. I can remember back to the day that I got an email from Gerald asking if I wanted to join him on a podcast. And uh, I, and it's kind of odd because one of the things that has really been part of my life for the last six, seven, eight months has been staying in a bubble. You know, my wife and I basically have just shut ourselves down. Even though my my son and my three grandkids live one door away from us, we don't we don't we don't interact with them because they they have a different idea of what a bubble is than I do, um, and so it's kind of funny that uh, one of the big pastimes and one of the things that I've enjoyed immensely has been getting together with you guys because it's I don't I don't go over to friends' games houses to watch the game or have people over to watch the game like I used to um, or go to the games. You know, I used to go to the, every Warriors game that played the Lakers. I used to always be over there at Oakland arena and so forth. And and I don't do that. I don't take that chance now. Um, I think one of the highlights that I, I found was listening to Gerald's recaps in his three beautiful recaps of the whole season where he basically went in there and edited out what he thought were the highlights of the conversations that we had. And uh, the four of us and Raphael were just some just terrific, intelligent uh, discussions of, of key things to do with the Lakers and so forth. And, and in more than anything else, having somebody to share that championship with, you know, that to me, that to me was really special, you know, and I thank each one of you for, for the opportunity to to share that championship because I didn't, I couldn't even have my, my son over here and my grandson over here to watch the game with me, you know? Um, so that's, you know, that's the thing that I'll remember most about it that uh, I may not have, I may not have had anybody here to watch the game, but I had you guys afterwards to talk about the game, every game. And, and that was, that was special. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. Uh, you know, I know we've been through our highs and lows together, arguing and agreeing when we can, arguing when we, we do. You're the host extraordinaire, uh, Gerald. I've said that from the very beginning, and, I I, and you know that I really mean it. 
And I appreciate that. But it has been an interesting 2020 uh, now that we're in 2021. Uh, a lot of things I want to look at. You and I, uh, when talking about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, uh, that was very emotional for me. The day of yeah. the actual uh, tragic death itself, me on the air with TJ Johnson, I was very emotional then. During the course of the, uh, the, the uh, I guess, the protests for the killing of George Floyd, I went on the air with Raphael and I was literally crying on, on the air because of just how tragic this situation was and how racial injustice was just something that we need to get rid of and we need to get rid of society and that I had seen my whole life and how emotional I was about it. I think even got uh, Raphael a little bit surprised by that. But, uh, you know, those were some emotional moments. Obviously, you and I are arguing. It's, it's been great comedy for uh, people watching and people listening out there. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, when you cap off the season with one of the most viral moments that I'm glad didn't, in a way, didn't go viral with Sean and uh, <laughs> him blowing donuts on the screen. And it's not Sean that uh, would get everybody going viral. It's me. Seeing me and you, Tom, you talking and me in complete and utter shock, making every single weird face on the planet. That is the most hilarious part about it. That's what I was glad because it didn't go viral and we aren't all over Twitter for all the wrong reasons and say, look at that goofy guy. So maybe that's probably the best thing that happened to us is that we didn't get famous on Twitter because of what we did on that day. But yes, it has been a very interesting up and down ride. And of course, everything culminated with a championship for the Lakers and that day and the high that I felt doing that show and how happy I was and ecstatic I was. Not only that I could share it with you guys, not only should I could share it with Raphael, who deserves so much credit for being a Portland fan, true and true, still having to deal with all of us Laker fans and, and coming on the show with such class that he does. But to go on the show in the midst of that and hearing us spew out Laker, 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 Lakers, 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 you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. Working with him on the playoffs was truly outstanding. But the Lakers championship, that was just awesome. And to experience it with my daughter, who doesn't have any real memories of 10 years ago, you know, when she was just a tiny little girl, uh, and she really doesn't have any memories of that. But to now experience that with her was truly something I'll always uh, remember and never forget. So I want to thank you guys for, for getting through this for the past year. I'm looking forward to a great 2021. I'm looking forward to something even better. Again, there's going to be some weeding out process because this is a different year, the quick turnaround and, and obviously everything going on with the Lakers and the possibility of COVID always, you know, trying to go ahead and, and stick its nose in where it doesn't belong and in succeeding in the process. Well, something is something we're going to have to deal with and face at some point in time. It's not a question if, if it's a question of when to a lot of these NBA teams. I mean, Chicago is the one that's experiencing as of late or their players sitting down. So we're going to see how this works out, but we're on the road next to to Memphis. We're looking forward to a back-to-back -back in Memphis. We should win two in a row, should be focused. If we're focused, it shouldn't be a problem, but we'll have to wait and see. So I think the next game is Sunday. Is that correct, Sean? Yes, Gerald, mm -hmm. Sunday. Okay, and that's a, is that the three o'clock game? It is. Okay, so then we'll be on the air probably around 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. So you want to go ahead and check us out or catch us for the post-game wrap-up right here at the Lakers Fast Break channel or wherever you get your podcast. But I do want to thank everyone for watching and listening over the past year. It's been a great ride up and down, the heartaches and the, the happiness that we've shared over the course of the past 365 days. I'm looking for another great year. 
but also I'm looking forward to you being around listening. That means continued health to you and your family and continued health to all of us right here participating. And I look forward to another great season again, and we'll see you Sunday right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.